New research shows which activities are most likely to help people avoid dementia. Last year, there were 55 million people living with dementia around the world, with 10 million new cases each year. To explain the new research, I'm joined by a senior author and Associate Professor Joanne Ryan from the School of Public Health and Preventative Medicine at Monash University in Melbourne. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. Great to talk to you. This research is quite expansive, apparently drawing on data from over 10,000 people. That's right. And it actually took us um, over 10 years to conduct the research. Um, So it really is part of a much bigger program, which is the Esprit study. Um, And we have followed over 10,000 people over 10 years. And you were looking at activities in this study. Um, What sorts of activities? So we were really interested in different leisure and social activities and to know which types of activities might be um, associated with a reduced risk of dementia. So we investigated um, things like adult, uh, what we consider adult literacy, so um, education classes, use of the computer, writing letters and journals. We also looked at things like games and cards, crossword, chess puzzles, as well as um, creative activities like painting, uh, woodwork or drawing, and uh, what we consider the passive mental activities. So they're things like um, just sitting down and reading a book or listening to to music or the radio. Socialising as well was in there? Yeah, so we did look at the um, extent of a person's social network, um, how many um, close friends and family they had and how often they also interacted with those friends and family. So what works and what doesn't? Well, so um, the the main findings were that we found that adult literacy and the active mental, um, so the games and the cards and the puzzles, they were both associated with a around a 10% decreased risk of dementia over the 10-year period. Um, and we also found that even the creative, um, more artistic activities and some of the passive mental activities were also associated with a decreased risk. Did any of that surprise you? Um, it didn't really surprise us. I mean, I, I was I was expecting that the ones that the activities that really um, stimulate the mind uh, would be the ones that were um, most strongly associated. So that finding came out. Um, the fact that some of the more passive activities were also associated with decreased risk was probably a bit more surprising. Um, and also, our findings um, indicated no association with um, the social networks an individual has. So so that's the most um, surprising finding. Um, And we think a reason for that could be that the people that were involved in our study were already reasonably socially engaged. So we didn't have people that could be considered socially isolated. Um, And so for the individuals in our study, we were probably already comparing individuals with quite, you know, moderate to very high levels of social network. Um, The the very fact that you were able to get in touch with them and that they took part in this survey says something about the sorts of people uh, they are and the sorts of lives they have. Yeah, so that's exactly it. So it's often the case that individuals who, who will agree to be involved in a study, particularly such a long study as this, they're, they're already people that are quite socially engaged anyway. That's right. Tell me about knitting, Joanne. Um, well, <laughs> I don't really want to um, signal out knitting per se because we didn't, um, you know, we asked about knitting and we asked about craft and painting and drawing. Um, so they were all... Uh, 
you know, the more creative and artistic activities. Um, and they, they are associated with a decreased risk of, of dementia. It just wasn't as strong as some of those more complex, um, you know, games and puzzles that people might undertake. Okay. So um, so you're allowed to net might just not be quite as effective as some of those other things, hey? Yeah, and I think it's also around um, perhaps changing the types of activities that you undertake um, because if you do something over a long period, it can actually become quite um, automatic for you. Um, and so maybe that's the case with some of the, you know, more craft work or knitting perhaps uh, because you do it all the time. It doesn't require as high a level thinking. Um, so, I mean, my recommendation would really be to consider, um, you know, to also taking up new activities and learning new things all the time. I think that's where you may see the most benefit. Yeah. Anything else that we can take out of this research that might help us decide how to spend our time as we get older and where we might get the best bang for buck? Yeah, um, well, I guess it's that point about challenging yourself. Um, so don't hesitate to um, undertake a new endeavour or to learn something new. I know um, a lot of older people um, learned how to use Zoom, for example, during um, during COVID and the lockdowns that we had in Melbourne. Um, so learning a new language, a new instrument, um, I think all of those things can be really beneficial to keep the mind active as you age. Great. What are you interested in finding out next? Uh, well, we're interested in delving a little bit more into the social, um, to the social activities and the social networks because we actually think it may be the the quality of the social networks that may be more important than the actual uh, quantity. So how um how a person really views the quality of those relationships? That's right. Good conversation is probably likely to um, to lead to some fairly stimulating brain activity, right? You're ad libbing, you're drawing on your memory, you're making connections, that's got to be good stuff. That's right. Um, really quality conversation um, rather than just, um, you know, some light, light chat. Yeah, definitely. Good one. Well done. Thanks very much for talking us through the research and nice to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Great. That's Joanne Ryan, uh, Associate Professor Joanne Ryan from the School of Public Health and Preventative Medicine at Monash University in Melbourne.